Hello. Hi. Welcome to Truly Fabulously Monstrous, a podcast about true crime and cryptids. I'm one of your hosts, Hattie James. I'm your other host, Kevin. Hi, Kevin. Hi, Hattie. I keep forgetting. Are we at the point where we're still talking about what this podcast is, or are we like, whatever? I I guess we can be whatever at this point. This is what, episode seven? Uh, this is, well, uh, we have episode six up, but now we're two weeks ahead because of the height. Oh, okay, so, so this is actually, episode this is, nine. This is episode nine, yes. Yeah, we can whatever it. <laughs> yeah, and hopefully this is better, because, like, I feel like I need to mention, because the last episode I edited what like and uploaded was um, episode six. Right. And I don't know if you listened, but there was a whole spot that... I didn't even realize until like the final hour that it was like this weird haunted section. So I had had forgotten that until you just mentioned it. I remember now you sent me the haunted clip and I was like, oh, oh, good God. Oh, good God. No, it's just me like laughing on a loop. With an echo. With an echo. echo Yeah. And a reverb. So Um, my laugh is weird enough with no need to make it weirder. Yeah, no, it's, and the problem is that was cutting out, like, a very important bit, so anyone listening where all of a sudden the audio gets very different and then goes back to normal is because I was trying to record it on um, the audio um, editing software, different program, I was using a different microphone, (laughs) I'm sorry, I will make sure to check that before Tuesday evening from now on. That being said, the last episode we recorded, so the last episode week that we'll be playing when we get to this episode, <laughs> was uh, me doing a cryptid and you doing a true crime. Yes, yes it was. You yes. did Boggart and then I did Marianne Burdock. Yes, which means it's your turn for a cryptid, Kevin, and my turn for... A true crime. Okay. Your turn for a murder. Actually, I didn't do a murder this week, but you'll have to find out Thursday. <laughs> I'm excited. Okay. So. All right. Okay. So let's just jump right into my cryptid this week. I'm talking about squonks. Yes, I knew. Oh, I knew it. <laughs> I knew you were doing squonks. I'm Squonk. excited. I won't lie, I my original plan was to do a South African monster called the Grootslang, but all of the research I was doing on it kept bringing back every single website had the same Wikipedia paragraph copied and pasted, and it was driving me up the wall. <laughs> so I ended up Googling, I was like, okay, let me do something kind of local like adjacent to me so i just googled a weird creatures from pennsylvania and i was reading down a list and i just saw squonk i'm like we have a winner (laughs) the squonk is a mythical creature that is rumored to live in the hemlock forests in northern pennsylvania hemlock like that's like the poisonous thing right yeah like the hemlock groves and the poison your friends (laughs) Uh, the first time i heard about do you remember those the Dear America series. Oh, okay, yeah. And the book Across the Wide and Lonesome Prairie, where it's vividly talking about how, like, a kid like my stepbaby's age um, drank a soup that they made that was made of hemlock, and they started, like, like very poorly dying. Oh, oh no. Yeah. 
Oh no! Don't don't eat don't eat or drink. Hemlock. I was it's a I was bad time. eight when I read that book. <laughs> the earliest legends of squonks date back to the 19th century, during the height of Pennsylvania's role in the timber industry. So think like Paul Bunyan era. Nice. The most consistent description of the squonk is that of a quadruped creature, kind of similar in build to a wild pig or a boar, which are the same thing, so I don't know why I said or. <laughs> um, is, it, is there a difference? I don't know. I thought there was a difference. There I thought one be. had, like, tusks and one was just a pig. That might be... Well, I don't know, but now all I can remember is that episode of Rocco's Modern Life where there's just one, they keep cutting away to a guy yelling, I'm a wild pig! Okay, I just googled boar and I got a wild boar, also known as a wild swine. Eurasian wild pig, or simply a wild pig, yeah. Is a sweet native of East Eurasia, North America, and the greater Sunda Island. A swine! A swine. (laughs) Ugly swine looking thing. Oh, also, I will take this as an opportunity to say squonk is also a term now used in by vape enthusiasts to refer to a vape mod that has a built-in squeeze bottle that is used to feed the e-liquid into the atomizer and elimin- it eliminates the need for dripping through the mouthpiece and transforms a bottle into a tank section for your atomizer. And that made sifting through Google search results just all that much more annoying so thanks babe so all like the illustrations i found of squonks it kind of was like that kind of build like quadruped big and kind of chunky puma (laughs) cosplaying klaus hargreaves (laughs) (laughs) completely disheveled probably on something probably (laughs) um all right uh it is uh well i don't know isn't klaus hardgreaves really pretty <laughs> he's very pretty but he's also a, a speed and meth head yes well a squonk is said to be a hideous animal oh no a hideous no. animal with loose wrinkled and scaly skin which is covered in warts and moles and other blemishes so not klaus hardgreaves not Klaus Hargreaves. Klaus Hargreaves <laughs> is beautiful. Um, and I'm sure my husband agrees. Yeah, well, your husband looks like Klaus Hargreaves. He does. That would be very good if you would cosplay him. I'd be very happy with that. <laughs> I'll chip in for the I'll chip in for the um the let the lace up leather pants. Those are pretty awesome pants. <laughs> <laughs> I want those pants. I wouldn't I don't think I'd ever want to wear them because leather is not that comfortable to move in. Get them like pleather. Oh, I, somehow that spandex. seems worse to me. Spandex. Okay, I'll I'll grant you spandex. Like pleather. It's like, do you want all the leather but more squeaky and harder to clean? <laughs> <laughs> more chances of like that that layer on top of the pleather that like peels off into like little flakes. Oh, oh, oh gross. Oh, anyway, Ew. sorry. So ugly, splotchy thing. <laughs> okay. Uh, hideous animal, loose, wrinkled, and scaly skin, covered in warts and moles and other blemishes, and due to its unsightly outer appearance, no one tends to seek out or befriend the squonk, and because they are extremely timid, they do not approach anyone else, and thus they spend most of their time 
lonely and unhappy, and this misery leads to their tendency to be constantly weeping. So me. Have we made that joke in every episode so far? I think so. Every cryptid episode, at least. (laughs) So me. This is the cryptid. Me. It's me. Um, the scientific name, and this is scientific in quotes, uh, the scientific name given to the squonk, it was given to the squonk by William T. Cox in his book, Fearsome Creatures (laughs) of the Lumberwoods. (laughs) Yes, his last name is C-O-X, (laughs) C-O-X, like the character from Scrubs. (laughs) Um, his book was called Fearsome Creatures of the Lumberwoods, and that scientific name was... La crima corpus dissolvens, from the Latin words meaning tear, body, and dissolve. The dissolve comes into it is because uh, squonks, the their unique method of self-preservation, relatively speaking. While a squonk is said to be quite easy to track and to find, you just follow the tear-stained trail and the perpetual audible weeping. It is nearly impossible to capture, because when cornered, with no way to escape, or when surprised or frightened, a squonk will dissolve into a pool of its own tears, leaving behind nothing but bubbles. So me. And <laughs> From William T. Cox's book, Fearsome Creatures of the Lumberwoods, uh, there's this quote, Squonk hunters are most successful on frosty moonlit nights. When tears are shed slowly and the animal dislikes moving about, it may then be heard weeping under the boughs of a dark hemlock tree. It is a cryptid that is unique to folklore in that while many of the creatures that are studied or, and or searched for by cryptozoologists are reported to be dangerous or hostile towards humans, the squonk is entirely non-threatening. In fact, it is more apt to be held in sympathetic regard due to its wholly gloomy and dejected nature. So it's the Eeyore of the cryptid world. Me. (laughs) There's uh, one noted legend regarding the squonk in which a hunter by the name of J.P. Wentling successfully tracked a squonk by following its trail of tears. And when he heard it weeping under a nearby hemlock tree, he managed to lure it out of its hiding place by imitating its weeping. And when the creature emerged from the hemlock trees, Wentling managed to capture it into a sack and carried it home. All the while, the squonk loudly sobbed inside the sack. Uh, Side note, I too would sob loudly if some dude tricked me out of my introvert lair and scooped me up into a sack. No, (laughs) poor squonk! Poor squonk. Yeah, but as he was carrying his bounty home, suddenly the sack was noticeably lighter with liquid trickling out of the bottom seams, and the weeping had abruptly ceased. And when Wentling opened the bag to look inside, he found nothing but tears and bubbles with no trace of the forlorn squonk it had initially held. Poor squonk. Yes. Because of its nature to be constantly weeping, the squonk has become a metaphor used in popular culture to represent excessive sadness, particularly in songs. You know the rock band Steely Dan? Uh, Vaguely, yes. Yes, me also vaguely. I'm not all that familiar with their music, but they do mention the squonk in their song, Any Major Dude Will Tell You, which includes the lyrics, Have you ever seen a squonk's tears? Well, look at mine. Then there is English rock band Genesis, and their 1976 album titled A Trick of the Tale includes a track titled Squonk, and it is a musical account of Wentling's capture and loss of the squonk. 
Okay, uh, writer Glenn David Gold wrote a short story titled The Tears of the Squonk and What Happened Thereafter, in which he alludes to the mythology of the squonk and gives the name to a deceitful clown who cries heedless crocodile tears. There was uh, playwright Daniel Caffrey wrote Gregor and the Squonk, which is loosely based on the tale of J.P. Wentling. And in the PlayStation 2 game Coldcept, the Squonk is featured as a playable creature card. Interesting. Yeah. In some more recent cultural stuff, there's a Canadian supernatural drama called Lost Girl. And I think... I saw a couple episodes of it. It was... Like, the main character is, like, a young... I think she's a succubus? And she's trying to, like, come to terms with her supernatural powers and, like, balancing the world of the fae versus the world she was raised in, the world of the humans. And she goes out and to, like, do supernaturally things. And we <laughs> saw a few episodes, and it was... It was a while ago. But in season three, there was an episode titled Phage Against the Machine, like Rage Against the Machine, only Faye. Nice and punny. The main character rescues a teenage squonk who has taken the form of an ordinary teenage girl, except that she is so constantly she's crying. And she has... Yeah. And she was captured by a dark fae who is keeping her prisoner in order to capture and sell her tears. So, scene kid tears. Good for what I'll do. Oh, and then there was uh, my favorite, Then, and I remember reading this in the mid to late 90s, but the only copy that my library has, they had one copy. I remember checking it out when I was like eight years old, but that copy is now lost, and I can't find the full text of it online, and if I bought it on Amazon, it wouldn't arrive until like mid Annoying! Um, but there was a 1996 short story called Birdsong, which was published in Bruce Coville's Book of Magic. The basic plot that I remember was an outcast girl who meets a squonk. And in this story, the squonk is depicted as a bird rather than as like a boar. So it's a bird who takes the protagonist to see the funeral of the phoenix. And the squonk is so overcome with grief over the loss of its uh, phoenix friend that it forgets its self-consciousness and weeps over the phoenix's ashes. And this creates baby squonks who have the ability to reform out of their puddle when they dissolve. And it's my favorite depiction of the squonk, or I guess in this case it would be squonklings. <laughs> because from what I could find, this is the only version of the squonk where their method of dissolving to evade capture is not a permanent state. Because all the other stories where it's like, yeah, the squonk can dissolve into a puddle of its own tears to evade capture. None of them say whether it can yeah. reform afterwards or if that's just, it's like, I sense capture. My demise is imminent. Then dissolve. <laughs> that's what I always um, assumed so... when I read about the squonk. Like like how a bee, it's like, oh my god, I'm in danger. I'm going to stab you and now I die. <laughs> Except a lot less, like there's no yeah. harm being done to the other one. It's just, okay, and I die. But yeah, so I like I liked the the Nancy Springer version because, well, also because it was the only version of the squonk where it the squonk was a bird and that was really cool, and then it makes little squonklings that can reform out of their puddles. I also really liked Bruce Coville. He had he had the Aliens Ate My Homework series, and then he had the Jeremy Thatcher Dragon Hatcher series, which was my favorite. I think I checked that book out of the library. I vaguely remember those books. I think Bruce Coville also had a series about a girl who could see ghosts, and so she went around That's solving a, crimes. I thought that was a show. I don't know. It might be. 
I think the first in the series was called The Ghost in the Third Row, and she's like volunteering at a like a, for a theater company, and she discovers the ghost that haunts the theater is a lady in white, and so she's like figuring out how the lady in white died and how to help her like move on to the next plane, and so she has to solve her murder. It was really interesting, and then there's an, the second one in the series is the ghost of a Confederate soldier and. She has to figure out like where that's a, like a weird treasure hunting one, and also she has to solve his murder. And then the third one is about a ghost of a little girl whose father was killed during World War One, I, I think. I don't know. It was a weird trilogy, but I really liked it because she's like, I can see ghosts, and all the adults around her are like, weird flex, but okay, you have our attention. Continue. <laughs> I would not be, there's the people who can handle it and use their gifts for good, and there's the people, like, I need to not. That's actually pretty much all I had on Squonks. Oh, I had one more thing, one more way Squonks have permeated, like, kind of modern culture is, and this is kind of weird, uh, in, like, the study of chemistry and biology, um, because, like, okay, so there are some substances that when they're in a solution with another substance, they are stable, but they cannot be isolated or captured without catalyzing their own either polymerization or decomposition, also known as they have to dissolve in their own tears in order How, to be isolated. Can you explain? Okay, so um, let me let me let me pull up the Wikipedia thing because I know it like it gives specific examples. Okay, they have dumb examples. Okay, so say you have you have a solution of like an acid and, and that is in a solution like with another with a liquid base. And so it's stable when it's in that solution, like it's fine, but you can't really actively separate them because they're in a solution. And like they're evenly mixed. Um so the only way you can isolate those substances from each other are you have to catalyze the solution into like you basically have to break it down and dissolve it with itself like uh so basically like like the tears yes yeah they catalyze their own polymerization (laughs) so you're Um, saying that a squonk is just a what do you say a polymer solution Uh, squonks squonks are science squonks are science and uh (laughs) it has been a long (laughs) you know you know what's terrible about this is that i was a chemistry tutor in college (laughs) yeah um but there was a paper that i could not get a hold of because we don't have access to jstor And uh, my library actually did have access to a database. This is housed on, but I couldn't get the full text. I could only get the summary. But a guy named uh, Toby Summer wrote a paper called Chemical Squonks, where he talks about this. And I was really sad I couldn't read it. I'm actually going to send you one of my favorite pictures or illustrations I found Okay. of a squonk. I'm sending it to your Facebook. Okay, I just got it. No! that's going up on the instagram i'll send you all i'll I'll, after we're done recording i'll send you all the other pictures i found but that one was my favorite but that's that's what that's what i got on squonks that's beautiful that's beautiful and sad it's very sad i i will admit i picked this solely because of its name 
Um, but now that I found that list of like Pennsylvania creatures and cryptids, I might actually just go down that list for the next couple episodes because there's some wild stuff on there. Cool beans. Sweet. I'm looking forward to it. Awesome. Uh, should we tell people where to find us? Yeah, uh, why don't you start? As always. All right. Uh, you can find us on Twitter at TFabMonsterPod. You can also find us on Instagram at TrulyFabulouslyMonstrous. That's also the name of our Gmail. TrulyFabulouslyMonstrous at gmail.com. Uh, write to us. Let us know if you are a squonk like me. And also me. Uh, if you can do a better job of explaining that chemistry thing than that train wreck of an explanation I just gave. And we will read it. Please let us if know. If you send us it, we will read it and give you full props. Yeah. I was a disaster of a chemistry tutor. I'll just put that out there right now. You could have been more of a disaster of a chemistry tutor as I was of a history tutor, and I have a master's in history. I don't know why I was a chemistry tutor. I was an English major. Didn't you get? I thought you got a um your minor in chemistry. I well, actually, I have my minor in physics. Oh yeah, and also meteorology. But I was I went to our writing center and I was like, can I get a job as a tutor? I would really, I really need some like extra money. And they were like, yeah, let's see what kind of tutoring positions we have open. And I was like, well, I'm currently an English major. I'd be really good at English majory things. And they're like, interesting, interesting. I see here that last semester you took advanced chemistry too. We need a chemistry tutor. I was like, oh God, <laughs> sure. It's just me and this, like the one-on-one -on -one chemistry sessions. We're like sitting there with Google open. We're like, he's like, I could Google this on my own. I'm like, yeah, you could. Why am I here? Although the thing is like when... When I needed a tutor or when I was a tutor for history, the the thing is, and I don't know if it's the same with chemistry, but sometimes just having somebody else there who slightly knows a little bit more than you, go and you're both Googling or reading it at the same time, and then the person who slightly knows it a little more than you uh, explains it, sometimes that really helps. Yeah, it does help to have someone to bounce ideas yeah. off of. Anywho, yeah, if you if you can explain chemistry better than I can, please let us know. Yes. And we'll read it. We will actually, like, I think if we start getting people actually emailing us that we should, like, I don't know, I don't say have whole episodes just of reading things, but maybe, like, read things at the beginning or end of episodes. Yeah. Yes, listener we'll have a little corner. listener corner. People, write us Me things too. so that we can talk about them. To you. <laughs> yes. So we can read them back to you. <laughs> yes. Okay. Uh, well, I that was a really great episode on a really depressing cryptid. Um, Y'all should yeah. tune in next time to me talking about a true crime. Sweet. We'll be there. We hope you will, too. Bye. Bye.